What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Heartline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I think out in California where Rita's at and the other rest of the California General Journal Assembly, I believe it's pretty much, might as well say good afternoon out there. You guys are probably still eating lunch. We're getting close to dinner time over here. Eh, you might be done with lunch. I don't know. I don't know. What say you, Rita? What, what, are you, uh, just got, you guys getting done eating lunch out there or... Or uh, what? Because, uh, yeah, we're about ready to head into dinner here. You haven't eaten yet. What kind of nonsense is that? <laughs> but anyway, uh, sorry, I do apologize, ladies and gentlemen, for for the latency here, um, but not a big deal. Um, thankfully, you know, my wife was having uh, something going on with her car. Um, nothing major, but her door, her basically the door open light that indicates that a door isn't latched shut all the way was on when every door was shut, including the back hatch, which isn't really a hatch. It's actually a fifth door. It opens up kind of like a, you know, like a, like a Mercedes G wagon or, um, you know, those Jeep wagoneers, it opens up like a fifth door. So like an actual door door. And so that was the one that was kind of giving us problems. Well, anyway, she was going about ready to go to, uh, take the car into, um, grand rapids to have it looked at i said no 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 no. i'm like it's starting to get cold out and it's been raining and i'm sure there's a lot of dust and gunk in there that's kind of keeping it and like seizing it from you know completely latching like the door latches but it was probably some connection not completely being made there therefore it's causing the stupid dummy light to come on and buzz while you're driving down the road so i ended up having to go to menards and had the guy you know buy some you know stuff and basically get it ungunked up and yeah now we're back to good again so yeah i had to do a couple quick errands before i got here so it pushed me out about an hour but anyway we're here so glad to have you here thank you for joining us here at his heart line with another episode of one percent with him i am jason your co-host with god and jesus christ at my side because they are the ones in charge they are the host and they are at the wheel and therefore they are steering this ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life so welcome glad to have you all here and remember as long as we put our trust in God and Jesus Christ, they will steer and guide our personal vessel into a safe harbor so that we can anchor and get our feet on solid, dry land to have peace. So anyway, glad to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Today we're going to be doing a reading of the book of Romans, chapter 7, New American Bible uh, edition. Uh, excuse me, 
let me look at this. The New American Standard Bible. There, that's the one I'm reading out of today. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so we're here. Um, instead of doing a His Hardline discussion, I will be doing the His Hardline EDU spot, which I'm going to be going over the um, the four founder, the forefathers monument that's out on the East Coast. That is very interesting. Uh, there's a video that Kirk Cameron did. Um, he went to go visit it. It's a very beautiful monument that a lot of people in America don't even know about. I didn't even know about it till I joined the you know National Assembly. In fact, people that live within 50 miles of that monument, people don't even know within a 50 mile radius, don't even know about that monument, which is interesting. You know, you don't see it in history books. You don't see it anywhere. And so anyways, we're going to go over that today. Um, yeah, so shows are a little bit wonky this week, but you know, it it is what it is. This is kind of what comes with the territory when you got a truck driver as a podcaster, um, schedules get messed up and sometimes delays happen and just things have to get rearranged. But, but one day I'll be doing this full time. Don't know how, I don't know when, but I truly believe in my heart one day I'll be doing this full time where we will be able to have an actual solid schedule. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, but before we get into it today, I do want to play a couple of things. Now, one of the biggest things, God, did you know in the Bible, there's at least a little over 6,000 different promises that God has made to his people in the Bible. I want to play this one little piece goes over a couple of them. There are over 6,000 promises in the Bible. Let me just show you a few of them. The first one is Isaiah chapter 43, verse two. God says this, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you pass through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned up. It will not consume you. God is with us and he loves us. You're not in it by yourself. You're not alone. I would rather walk with God with none of my questions answered and to walk through life without him and know all the answers. Man, amen. I love that. I love listening to that guy. That guy told a very good story that I played on here. It was called The Voice. What an outstanding, outstanding speaker. I don't know if he's a pastor or what, but I ran across that little soundbite um, on a page that I ran across by accident on TikTok. And I was like, wow, I recognize the voice. I can't remember his name, but I do recognize the man's voice. And boy, I, I do love the things that this guy says. But yes, there are over 6,000 promises that God has made in the Bible to us. And those key ones that he just spoke right there just goes to show you just exactly the amount of infinite love that God has for us. Here's another one, though, that people need to remember. See, we often realize, we, a lot of people, we always get those questions, right, that people would say, you know, that are self-proclaimed Christians, they always say, yeah, well, you know, it, you know, I don't, I don't get why I'm having this happening in my life. I don't understand why my, my, you know, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to say, but, you know, I don't know why. God took this person away from my life and, you know, allowed them to pass away at such a young age or my child or whatever. Right. Or I don't know why he's allowing me to go through these financial issues and, and stresses and anxiety. But you got to remember, just because we are Christ followers doesn't mean we are exempt and immune to hardships in life. Why is that? Well, here's why. If God's going to make you like Jesus, he's going to take you through everything Jesus went through. 
And Jesus wasn't spared from difficulty. Was there times when Jesus was lonely? Yes. Time when he was misunderstood? Yes. Were there times when Jesus was disappointed by people? Yes. Were there times when he was tempted to be discouraged and give up? Yes. Were there times when he was just tempted? Yes. And if God let his own son go through all that, don't you think he's going to let you go through it too? Yes. Why? Because he's more interested in your character than your comfort. Mm. He is more interested in your character than your comfort. Absolutely. He didn't put us here on earth just to have a vacation. No, 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 no. That's what happens after we die from this world. Is when we go and have eternal peace. Hopefully. But we were brought down here for a reason. For a purpose. And in order to be able to fulfill that purpose, of course, there has to be a, a polishing of sorts. A cutting of metal. For those of you that aren't familiar with that term, it's not literally cutting metal like you do in like a shop where you, you know, plasma cut metal into smaller pieces. If you have a lot of chrome on your semi truck, it's kind of like another form of polishing. It's called cutting some metal to shine up your, your aluminum on your rig, you're cutting metal. And when you cut that metal, you got to have some really abrasive, you know, wire wheels and whatever else is needed to get shined up. And so in order to get shined up, you got to get cut up. You got to, you know, get your metal cut. It hurts a little. It might hurt a lot. But he's doing it for a reason. So you can shine. One other little piece before we get into the reading. I love this. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. Just take a, take a second and just think about that. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead or was used when it was, when creation was spoken to existence is in you. Why in the world do we want to give the enemy a foothold in our life? The exactly. Why would we want to give the enemy that foothold in our life? We don't. But yet the enemy does a dang good job at trying to push us down on the ground now he may not have a boot over our neck to keep us down but boy i tell you what he'll keep pushing us down until we stay down and then never give up and get up excuse me to never get up i tell you what it seems like for the longest time i've been getting pushed down myself my wife too she's been feeling she's been feeling overwhelmed with a lot of stuff but you know what? We will triumph. We will have that victory. And yeah, actually, somebody just made a very good point in the chat board. Precious metals are purified by the fire. See, God doesn't bring us down here, and this is my own humble opinion and interpretation, but I think a lot of people would fall in the general consensus of this thought. God knows that this is a fallen world, which is why he sent us down here. He knew. See, Jesus already died for our sins, right? He paid for it in blood, sacrifice. 
because of the one action that Adam and Eve did in that garden, put a bunch of sin on the rest of mankind. Well, when Jesus came here, that one act of sacrificing himself and allowing his blood to spill for all the sins of the world pretty much reversed all that. However, however, God also knew that we would also still be tempted into sin, like we've been reading here in the book of Romans. That's why we got to make a conscious choice every day to not give in to sin. But he knew that if we found our purpose and our gift, he knew that we would hone our skills and toughen ourselves up, basically put ourselves through a severe and intense training boot camp to help establish our character. Because here's the thing, let me tell you something. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I've been through it all because I I know there are people out there that have been <laughs> through way more hell than me. But in my own journey, I believe that I've been through enough hell that I feel internally myself there is nothing I can't overcome. No matter how bad the enemy wants to keep pushing me down and put, you know, put a boot on my throat, there is no way I'm staying down. I'm too much of a pain in the butt. I'm stubborn. The same spirit oh, that raised Jesus. Oh, my Lord. I wish it wouldn't do that. I hate that. See, Podbean has been giving me so many issues. I didn't even push that button. It just decides to play by itself. <clears throat> this is what I'm talking about. See, I listen to some of these people that have Podbean accounts that have huge followings. They don't have any of these issues. Not that I can hear live on their show or on the recording. I tell you, I've been getting messed with big time. But again, don't care. God knew that I would press forward. It's from the dead, lives on okay, the inside. There it is again. Stop it. In Jesus' name, you need to stop it. Whatever the heck's doing that. But I don't care. I'll keep pressing forward. Interruptions, delays, and all. I actually got at this computer at, at, at 4.20. I said I wanted to get on here at 4.30. By the time I was able to get on air live, it was 4.37. That was 17 minutes of sitting here messing around with the stupid, stupid technology. Somebody just asked if I called customer support. <laughs> there is no customer support I can call because for some reason, this company is based out of England, I think, if I recall correctly. Yeah, they got a number in New York. I've called it. It did no good. They have an email. I've emailed these people. I've had so many issues that, that there's just no fixing it. There's no fixing it. And this is what I've been dealing with since the inception of this podcast. I shouldn't say since the inception. I would say since... Uh, two months after the inception of this podcast, once it started gaining traction fairly quickly, it's uh, and Rumble. Yeah, somebody was asking about Rumble. I can't stand Rumble because uh, it seems like to upload stuff is such a pain in the butt and takes forever. And I'm not a video person. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of this is where I kind of uh, I'm akin with Scott on Bards FM. I don't like doing a video and audio. I like doing audio only because it's cleaner, easier to work with, and less can go wrong. Once you start getting the video and audio, then you're going to have to, ha you know, you start running into more issues. Actually, um, I would have to, ha you know, 
somehow find a way to, you know, add more space. And, you know, I got, I would have to have, you know, better fiber optics. I mean, when I do the Brandenburg block, um, not Brandenburg, excuse me, not the Brandenburg block hour, but when I go on BNN with Donna, I mean, it, it just, it slows way down the minute I start doing video. I'm sure part of that's equipment, but I just don't feel like going through all the upgrades. So I just, I just choose to stay audio only. I like the audio. The audio is just fine for me, but, um, one day we're going to, we're going to advance. Remember, I'm still under a year old with this podcast. So this is still a baby. We have many, 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 many years ahead of us and a lot of growth to do and a lot of upgrades and a lot of evolving, if you will, uh, at the grace with the grace of God, of course. <clears throat> Excuse me. But anyway, enough of all that. There is one other little thing I thought was kind of fun to be noteworthy. So analysts say that Bed Bath and Beyond could go bankrupt. I think that's amazing news because you remember when they sided with the leftist and they decided to cancel Mike Lindell's My Pillow? Well, I've I as I have always said. God's justice will serve up by default on these evil, evil, unrighteous people. So anyway, I just thought that was very interesting. So, okay, let's get into the reading. Romans chapter 7, New American Standard Bible. And it reads, Or do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. For the married woman is bound by law to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning the husband. So then, if while her husband is alive, she gives herself to another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is not an adulteress if she gives herself to another man. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you are excuse me, you also were put to death in regard to the law through the body of Christ, so that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were brought to light by the law were at work in the parts of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not in oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Far from it. On the contrary, I would not have come to know sin except through the law, for I would not have known about coveting if the law had not said it. You shall not covet. But sin, taking an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin is dead. I was once alive, a part of the law, but when the commandment came, sin came to life, and I died. And this commandment, which was to result in life, proved to result in death for me. For sin, taking an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. So then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Therefore did that which is good become a cause of death for me? Far from it. Rather, it was sin in order that it might be shown to be sin by bringing about my death through that which is good, so that through the commandment, sin would become utterly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am fleshly, sold into bondage to sin. For I do not understand what I am doing, for I am not practicing what I want to do, but I do the very thing I hate. 
However, if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law that the law is good. But now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that God good does not dwell in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I do the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully agree with the law of God in the inner person, but I see a different law in parts of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, the law which is in my body's parts, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other, my flesh, the law of sin. And that's a can, you know, the whole reading of Romans chapter seven, verses one through 25. I got to say verses 14 through 20. Every time I read that, it throws me for a mental tailspin. Like literally it just throw like, seriously, like huh, I do the very thing I don't want to do. And I agree with the law that is that the law is good, but now no longer that I am the one doing it, but sin that dwells in me for, I know that good does not dwell in me. That is in my flesh. <laughs> for the willing is present in me, but the doing of good is not. And for the good I want to do and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, wait a minute. You just threw me off. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I get what it's saying. But when I read that, my mind completely shuts down. It's like, gets so confused. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, so, all right. So, like, what, so what is, so what is Romans chapter seven really telling us here? So Paul tackles the relationship between the law, which is the commandments given by God, and human sinfulness. And so he begins by making it clear that those who are in Christ have been released from any obligation to the law of Moses. And this is for some, you know, the same reason that we have been released from our slavery to sin. Now, we died... And death breaks those obligations, and those who come to faith in Christ are so closely associated with his physical death and resurrection that we experience a kind of spiritual death and resurrected into a new spiritual life. Now, this is how we are freed from our responsibility to the law. And so Paul uses the illustration of the law of marriage, for example. A woman whose husband who had died is no longer um, obligated to remain faithful to him. So in other words, she's free to marry another man. Now, in a similar way, our death with Christ freed us from obligation to the law and allows us to serve God in what Paul calls the new way of the Spirit. And so apparently through, um, so apparently, though Paul's teaching about freedom from the law meant that he believed the law itself to be sinful, he insists that he does not. Instead, it was the law that revealed his own sinfulness to him. And he learned that he was covetous after being told by the law not to covet. Worse, as a sinful human being, merely knowing that covetedness was a sin made him want to covet. I mean, it's no different than like when you're, right, when you're a kid in high school or junior high, you know, you're always told, don't you smoke 
Won't you go out drinking? Well, the minute you tell someone not to do it and that it's bad, well, what do they want to do? They want to go out and drink and they want to smoke. You tell someone not to do something, guess what? They're going to do it. Why? Because that's the stupidity of human nature, I guess. But our rebellious natures often choose to break rules just for the sake of breaking rules. Lord knows I broke a lot of rules. And so the law promised Paul life if he could keep the commandments, but he discovered that he could not do it. And so in that sense, the law doomed him to death. But still, though, Paul described the law as holy, righteous, and good. And Paul then describes his devastating experience of wanting to do what is good and finding himself doing what is sinful instead. So it's like your your heart is wanting to do what's right, but your mind, or maybe vice versa, you know, one part of you wants you to do good, but then on the other hand, the other part of you wants you to do the opposite. What a stupid spiritual war this is. And so Bible scholars disagree about whether the picture Paul paints of this experience is is describing himself before he was a Christian, when he was trying to follow the law, or whether it was a current experience of trying to do good in his own power as a Christian. But based on the Greek tenses used, Paul seems to be describing the ongoing struggle of a believer against sin rather than something he got over when he was saved. I I could totally agree with this because when I went through my old, you know, a spiritual death myself of the old self and a new Jason was reborn, if you will. And I don't like using the term reborn. I I absolutely kind of don't like it, but I was rebuilt from the inside out from Christ. So, you know, Christ was a carpenter, right? So I like to say I was rebuilt from the inside out. However, what I do add on to the rebuilding is Christ still has a lot of upgrades to do yet within me. Well, what do you mean by that, Jason? Well, what I mean is I still have a potty mouth that completely I want to have clean. I want, and I, I get, I get this passage now. I want to have a good, clean mouth. I don't want, I don't want profanity words coming out, even minor ones. I don't want them coming out. I think it's like I don't, I, I forgot what his name was, but there was an actor said, you know, his mom said to him, "If you have to use swear words and profanity to get your point across, then." then you're not doing a good job getting your point across. And you know what? Whoever's mom that was, was absolutely right. And so I get it. Your mind wants you to do what is good, but still somewhere inside of you, something in me keeps wanting to use some naughty words. Know what I mean? So... I get, I get this passage now, actually more than ever, even though it's super confusing in my mind and made me go for a mental tailspin. But, you know, the difference between the two positions is significant. So, but both are, you know, both present biblical truths supported elsewhere in scripture. And certainly Paul's whole book stands on the idea that non-Christians are unable to keep the law. And that's why the law cannot make us righteous before God. And it's also true, though, that Christians who have been freed from the power of sin often still find the powerful influence of sin terribly difficult to overcome. And so becoming a Christian gives a person the power to overcome sin, but it does not 
make one sinless. And we can see that referenced in John chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. So basically, in a nutshell, after describing the disconnect between his best intentions to do good and his real-world sinful actions, Paul cries out in frustration that he is a wretched man, and he just asks, who will deliver him? And he responds by thanking God through Jesus Christ our Lord, implying that he has and or will find that deliverance only through faith in Christ. I tell you, I get it. I do get it. See, Zero Michigan was saying, great idea to read the dictionary as well as the Bible to expand our vocabulary. You know, it's interesting. I bought a, uh, a, a Noah Webster's 1828 American Dictionary. I actually, it's funny you say that. I love going through the dictionary because there's so many cool words in there still with its true definitions attached to it. I love reading the dictionary, believe it or not. My wife laughed at me one day because I was sitting underneath the, you know, we have a, a chair, an accent chair in our living room with a lamp over it. And I'll read through the dictionary. <clears throat> but you would imagine, and I actually, I actually know quite a bit of words. But still somehow, the stupidity in me still keeps saying some naughty bad words. And I got to clean that up. I know I can do it because I did it already. I actually went for many months without one potty word. But somewhere, something, I don't know how, and I can't even point my finger on where it started. But all of a sudden, little trash words started coming back out in my vocabulary, and I started noticing. Even my wife was saying, she goes, ooh, you said a bad word. She goes, you've been doing good. Why why'd that word come out? I'm like, I don't know. The only thing I can imagine, and I can, and, and I'm not trying to make an excuse, but if I can be completely honest, the only thing I can think of where these bad words started come emerging back out is my attitude and negativity has had grown over the summer because, you know, we had so many deaths go on and just loss of a baby, you know, my wife and I and ER visits and surgeries, just, you know, so much crap taking place, I guess it just kind of mentally beat me down and then it just made me negative. I'll be honest with you. It made me a little negative. If I could be completely honest. And yeah, he's right. Zero Michigan was saying, don't overlook the influence of the enemy because the enemy is a son of a gun. And he likes to freaking really get you down and push you down and keep you down. He doesn't want you glorified in God, and nor does he want God glorified at all. He doesn't want any of that. But you know what? We're gonna we're gonna claim victory. We will win. And so anyway, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. So like I said, I'm gonna come back on the other side here. We're gonna do a, uh, a his heart, uh, not a, excuse me, not a his heart line discussion. We're gonna do an edu spot. We're gonna talk about the four founders uh, monument. Got a 17, 16, 17 minute piece to play. That's very interesting. A lot of knowledge there. And then we'll talk a little bit about it. It'll be a fairly quick show. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah. So, but before we do that, let's do a prayer. Hopefully this works. Is it going to work? There it is. Yeah, Podbean has just been a pain. All right, Heavenly Father, 
Thank you for another day. Thank you for another day of life and good health for myself, my family, for anybody that comes to this podcast. Thank you for another day of life and good health for all of them. And may it be abundant, not just for them, but their family as well. Father, while we're on the subject, I pray that you ask, uh, you help guide my thoughts and my words as well as my actions. Help get the bad language out of my vocabulary because you know my heart really wants that. So I need your help. And I invite Christ like I do every day in my heart. And I just hope and pray that we can do a good job inviting, you know, having people encouraged to invite Christ in their heart on a daily basis. We repent of our sins. We ask for your forgiveness. We ask that you amend our life. We ask that you just shed your grace on us. And we just, we ask that you guide us because it is, the enemy is a very big influencer. And I think sometimes we do overlook the influence of the enemy. So we just pray for your strong armor, Father. We need it. Not just to have clarity and discernment, but we need it for protection and to allow us to allow the best version of ourselves to shine through in a a world full of darkness. We pray all this in your holy, sweet son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is it for the day. Excuse me. It's not it for the day. That's it for the show. Excuse me. We're going to come back here in about mm, five minutes is the goal. If Podbean ends up being a a poop, it might take 10. Bear with me. I'll be back here. And uh, yeah, we'll do an EDU spot. All right. Until then, or the next time, if we don't see you after this show, we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Have a good night or a good day wherever you're at in the world. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. out our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.